0: Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. We're going to check in today again with Susan Madsen. She's the inaugural Karen Haight Huntsman Endowed Professor of Leadership in the John M. Huntsman School of Business at Utah State University and founding director of the Utah Women and Leadership Project. Today we'll check in with Dr. Madsen to explore such topics as how to survive inflation, sexual assault among Utah women, women in politics, women's equality. Utah ranks dead last once again, and uh, we'll uh, start the program with uh, suicide. There's a report out from the Women in Leadership Project, how uh, more women are likely to, to attempt suicide than than men. Um, Susan Madison, welcome back to the program. Thanks.
1: Great to be here, Tom. Uh,
0: tell us, first of all, remind us what uh, Utah Women in Leadership Project is.
1: Thank you. So I, I shifted to USU a couple of years ago, and our mission is to strengthen the impact of Utah girls and women. And we really do that in three ways. One is that we put out lots of research, and and publish different kinds of research uh, from policy briefs to to collecting secondary data, our snapshots, to doing original research. Then we create resources, podcasts, infographics, curriculum, and then we also host lots of strategic gatherings and events that really inform and inspire people in Utah to um, learn more and do more. So we we love being at USU and, and excited to be able to talk to you, t- t- Tom, about some of the issues that we've been researching on.
0: Uh, I should mention here at the top, uh, you have a podcast that UPR partners with you on, right? You can find absolutely. that right at your site, Utah Women Leadership Project, from our side as well to link over, or wherever you get your podcast, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We call it the Utah Women and Leadership Podcast, and we really focus those podcasts mostly on research-based. have a, Have a conversation with with our researchers, and sometimes we'll bring in other other people as well to to research. So we appreciate that partnership with UPR.
0: Uh, so let's uh, talk about this uh, new research from from the project. Uh, that shows that in Utah, while more men commit suicide, more women attempt it. Uh, tell yeah. us a little bit more about this report.
1: Well, first first of all, what we do in our snapshots is really we don't conduct all the original research ourselves. We're not, not the expert on those. But when we do snapshots, we go and pull data from every source that we can find. And there's many departments and government and nonprofits and national groups that collect this data. And so what we know is in the United States that suicide is the 12th leading cause of death. And more more deaths result from suicide than from car crashes or even breast cancer. Um, and it's huge, billion dollars, you know, about $70 billion annually in medi- medical costs. And so uh, we always look at how does Utah stack up with that? So um, in Utah, about 2020, Utah had the ninth highest uh, age adjusted suicide rate in the United States. So approximately 657 suicides per year. And suicide is the eighth leading cause of death for Utahns. And in fact, this would surprise most people, but about 70 Utahns per day are treated for self-inflicted injuries. And so um, in the state of Utah, um You know, we will look at those rates compared to the nation in terms of girls and young women, and we are above the nation as well with girls and young women. So people people ask why. So we what we did was really look at some of the specific risk factors for Utah um and one of the things well we found a number of things and one is that so we're doing a lot there's lots of groups doing uh work on domestic violence and what what is called intimate partner violence and what we know is one in three utah women will experience that during her lifetime and when you have intimate partner violence or domestic violence that's a Risk factor for suicide, and we're, we're above the nation for our domestic violence rates. So that is one thing. Um, you know, suicide abuse is linked to suicide as well and can increase suicidal, uh, ideation. Also, we're quite high in terms of child sexual abuse. And when you have what's called an ACE, adverse childhood experience, any of those, any of those are linked to more suicide and we know especially so so things like um violence in your home um uh, someone else in your family or com- community that you know commits suicide drugs alcohol some of those really negative behaviors become aces and aces are linked to to uh suicide um also sexual minorities have higher rates of suicide, especially when there's cultures that resist you know the the those kinds of things so so those are a few risk factors uh for Utah more specifically, and then I'm assuming Tom mm-hmm. that you might want some <laughs> some specific risk, risk factors for Utah or for girls and women
0: right uh, definitely
1: yes, yeah, and so um What's fascinating in the data is that men have a a higher risk of actually dying by suicide. But as you mentioned, more girls and women are more likely to attempt that. Um, and, and so one other thing specifically in gender, women are at risk more for serious mental illnesses. And, uh, we see that in other research in our, in our, you know, we have a whole mental health, uh, Snapshot that we look at that. And, and of course, mental illness is associated with suicide. And one thing that we know, this is not just Utah, but around the nation is eating disorders are linked very much to suicide and girls and young women are more likely to have eating disorders as well and and an interesting thing that a lot of people don't know is suicide attempts are more likely to occur during menstruational uh, or menstruation cycles um and and even those that uh really struggle with fertility issues having trouble conceiving or miscarriages, stillbirths, unwanted pregnancies, those kinds of things are at risk for suicidal behavior. So there's uh, this is not an easy like topic to just lay out a few reasons. It's quite complex, but what we know is we've got to take this seriously in the state of Utah. Mm.
0: Before we get to some recommendations, you do uh, give some recommendations. Uh, I, I want to uh, talk about that. Uh, I don't know if you know, um more men, I guess, are successful committing suicide. That's something yeah. you don't want to be successful in. But more yeah. more men commit suicide. More women attempt suicide. What's the reason for that disparity? Do we know?
1: Yeah, men are men are more likely to just use methods that are that are uh, that link with with. I hate to call it success, you know, mm-hmm. because it's not uh, with with. You know, suicides that actually become suicides, not just attempted. Um, and women are more likely to use those methods. Um, sometimes that have, you know, the cutting and, and sometimes pills and those kinds of things that are not as violent. And oftentimes, uh, they can change their mind and tell someone or they're found or they take a little bit longer to, um, to turn into actual suicide, so it's it's really interesting in the way that that boys and girls and men and women do that um so women are just when when boys you know attempt they're just more successful they're more violent they're they're more by the time they get there they're they're kind of have made that decision
0: mhm so uh in the study you you do give some recommendations what are some recommendations that you've you' proposed here?
1: Yeah, well one of the things is of course to um everybody can do something and we really do have a lot of resources in the state of Utah. What we can do as as people that influence whether that's influencing in our homes or or our neighborhoods or churches or whatever is we can know some of the the resources um you know in in general uh there's so many crisis centers nationally um across the nation and and 988 is the number you can call. But even here in, in Utah, there's the Live On campaign and we have Utah Suicide Prevention Coalition, the Huntsman Mental Health, uh, institution and some specific, uh, coalitions for LGBTQ, uh, communities, members and communities as well. So that's number one is really let's, let's understand where we can Get help, you know, or call, um, if, if we need that help or refer others. Um, and many of those websites just give us more tools. So learn more about what we can do. If we're thinking and having conversations with someone that, that, that kind of triggers some of our thinking, like, are they okay? Are they not? We can learn more about that. And we have many very specific, um, Recommendations, And I'll just read maybe a, a few. Avoid normalizing or glamorizing suicide and emphasize that many individuals who have contemplated or attempted suicide have gone on to live healthy, normal lives. Um, create preventative messaging around suicide that promotes healing and hope through empathy, warmth and inclusivity. And, and just educate the community on uh, the prevention strategies and more about and this comes from our report on gender related risk factors and so boys and girls be and men and women behave differently and and even some of the signs are different but we need to really help as Utahs uh encourage our communities to continue to do more on this topic in the state of utah promote more education um social equality inclusion those kinds of things not not just based on gender but lgbtq Um, plus folks as well Mm. Um, and and honestly we need to put more funding towards gender specific research we've not done any of that really in the state of Utah so there's so many more um, but uh, I I do think in general the work that we're doing in Utah and the work that we need to do in Utah uh, specifically you know, around mental health more broadly is going to be really important to help uh, people know how to cope better and not feel inclined towards going towards those suicidal uh, tendencies. Mm. Uh,
0: I wonder if you could follow up on that. Uh, I don't know if there's any research out there. Uh, you have more specific suggestions about what we could do to teach folks. And I was thinking about young people. I'm, you know, I'm in the middle of teaching a, a class for freshmen. And so I've uh, you know, talking to, to you, very young people coming in. Well, I guess this applies to anybody. Uh, talk to me a little bit more about coping skills and how, you know, what what we can teach, I guess, all of us.
1: Well, first of all, that's those are great points, Tom. First of all, one of the things that's really led us to this point is those feelings that we shouldn't even talk about it because there's always this, there's been this messaging or thinking that if we even bring it up, then it'll give people ideas, and we don't want to do that. So then it's silent. We're silent. And what the research has clearly found is that that's not working. So the research says if we talk about it, if we have conversations, if we're open – um then then it really is helpful and and more of that's going on in the school system and with support things as well so um we don't get down in our report to the specific level that you're asking about but some of the websites of the the national groups but also the utah groups and you can find those uh links in our report at utwomen.org um they really give you more detail about you know links that you can give out to your students, um, how to how to approach it better, how to talk about it um, in ways that are healthy. And so of course, there's ways, so that's one of the reasons, right? that people get nervous to talk about it is is we're a little awkward with this. But I think there's resources out there that and and um, and that can be found for educators, for parents and and so forth that will help us all.
0: So, again, as we leave this topic, 988, that's, a, that's, a, that's somewhat new, and it's, uh, it's great that we have that because you can remember that, right? 988 yeah. For, yeah. for National Absolutely. Suicide Crisis Lifeline.
1: Absolutely. And I would also, in the state of Utah, Utah has what's called 211. And so you can get to the resource databases on, online, the uh, 211. Uh, Utah 211. Look at that. And that has resources for everything. Mental health, suicide prevention, domestic violence, mental health, homeless, you know, homelessness resources, poverty. So uh, housing issues. I mean, all of those issues. So so that that's another thing that we can do to find resources um, that can be helpful for all of us. And as as me, I, you know, I really try and help others with resources. And so that's really a goldmine of resources right there.
0: If you just joined us, we're talking with Susan Madsen, who is uh, founding uh, director of Utah Women and Leadership Project. And you can find them at uh, their website. Uh, you can find their the podcast at our website or their website or wherever you get the podcast. Uh, we're checking with Dr. Matson today to talk about several uh, topics that the Utah Women Leadership Project has been working on. Uh, following a break, I want to get into uh, women's equality. Uh, Utah's ranked last and uh, the latest from Wallet Hub. Uh, sure enough, Utah's right there at uh, number 50. Um but uh I think you're you're seeing some progress in some areas. We'll talk about that uh following this break. You're listening to Access Utime, Tom Williams. Our guest is Susan Madsen. She's the inaugural Karen Haidt Huntsman Endowed Professor of Leadership in the John M. Huntsman School of Business at Utah State University and founding director. Of the Utah Women and Leadership Project, We're checking in with some of the latest research from the project. I want to turn to uh, women's equality. This is something Dr. Madsen, obviously you're very interested in, and uh, just want to read from your piece in the Salt Lake Tribune recently, which I linked to from Utah Women Leadership Project website. I'll just quote you. When it comes to rankings with women in Utah, I brace myself for the worst. For five years running, we've ranked as the worst state when it comes to women's equality. Then you say Wallet Hub just came out with their findings, and uh, sure enough, we're 50th of 50 states. And uh, the news just gets worse. You talk about how the, (laughs) the gap between Utah and the next worst state, which is, by the way, Georgia, is bigger this time around than the gap last year, which was between us and Idaho. Um. so the, <laughs> the hits just keep on coming, and they're not good.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I used to joke, I've spoken so much this past year about this, because we did a big report that was commissioned by Science Bank. Uh, we released it in December of last year based on uh, 2021 findings. And so my big joke was if we could just get past Idaho, which was the second worst state, and we were about seven points behind Idaho. Now the points, Tom, are related to 100 points that WalletHub gives us um, and ranks all the states on this 100-point spread. And we're the bottom. And last year we were about 29, a little more than, you know, 29-point, 8.5, 8-5, I think was the number. And the top was really Nevada at about 70 points uh, in the 100. So Idaho was next. And I, I'm like, I, you know, I'm not sure what our goal is in Utah, but if we can just at least get past Idaho. But Idaho made some good progress this past year. And Georgia dropped in next. Unfortunately, we were only about seven points away from Idaho, but now we're about 12 points behind Georgia. Uh, but we did go up just a couple of points. We're now 31.22. But other states are making progress faster than we are in the state of Utah, mm. unfortunately.
0: What are some of the key factors that go into this this report? And are there any of those factors where Utah is making some, I guess, significant progress?
1: I think not significant for any of them, but oh, okay. a little bit. All right. Okay, let's just, um, so this 100 points that's available is, uh, really comes in three main chunks, three main categories, and there's 17 indicators overall. So the first chunk is worth 40 points, and that has 10 indicators. So many of the indicators are really low, you know, just a few points here and there. But, uh, last year we were at 44th. Um, ranked in that category of workplace environment. And we slipped to 48th in that category. The biggest one that has the most points is the pay gap, the gender pay gap. And we went last year from 45th to 50th. I used to joke, Tom, that that Wyoming will always be worse than us on the pay gap. But this year, um, we the Wyoming is even better. So that's where we lose quite a few points. We also have things like higher income disparity. So so one thing I want to clarify for listeners. So this is the the you know, women's equality index is what we're talking about. And so we look at all of those WalletHub looks at the difference between men and women and that's where the rankings come. So when you look at men doing this versus women, how wide is the gap? And that's where really we we get ranked down. So again, pay gap is one, higher income disparity. That's looking at the census data on everybody that earns a hundred thousand dollars or more in the state of Utah. And we're forty ninth on that. We actually got worse on that. We also um are 40 we've stayed the same for the last 2 years but on the disparity between people men and women in executive positions we're 46 on that and then there's other smaller things like on the share of minimum wage workers we actually um are very high on that. We're number one in the nation linked. A couple of other states are there with us. We rank pretty, we did make progress on unemployment rate disparity and that we were 26 and now we're first. That means we're the best in the nation, but that makes sense, right? Because there's just, we have such low unemployment rates in the state. So um, we went up there. One of the Places we did go down on, and this is a number of points too, is entrepreneurship rate disparities. So it looks at the difference between the men and women in starting companies and so we're 43rd in the nation we have tom so i'm working with the governor's office economic development the women's business centers of utah and others Um, and we have a really good campaign going on let's start in the next year 1,000 new women-owned businesses so there's a few others the last one i won't mention all of them but the last one we do Quite well on, and that is poverty rate. We we're actually six. We went down a couple of points, but we're six in the nation. But I do want to just mention that if you're a single mother in Utah, you're there's almost forty percent of you will be living in poverty. Hmm. Um that's, that's really, uh, even though overall the state does well in general compared to the nation, we don't do well already. I mean, there's thousands and thousands of people that still live in poverty, but our ranking does a little bit better than others. So those are the chunk for really that workforce. Um, and then the second, if, if you have any, please stop me, Tom, if you have any uh, questions within that. Yeah, be, uh,
0: before you go to the next one, I, I, I do wonder... Uh, and this is kind of a general question. You mentioned an initiative on uh, trying to get more women entrepreneurs, right? Uh, any other yep. initiatives you want to mention? that I'm, yeah, thank I'm sure you. there are initiatives that are happening.
1: Yeah, thank you. And, and some of them aren't exactly linked to this, but generally speaking, they are. Uh, we have a couple of other joint initiatives going on with with again, the Governor's Office of Economic um, Opportunity and some related to the Salt Lake Chamber as well. And so, another initiative we really are working on is um, to really highlight companies who are doing family-friendly and women-friendly organization. We've done some podcasts on on our partnership podcasts on that. But also we have a campaign going right now called 100 Companies Champion Women. So we're highlighting, we're taking nominations. We're going to be... We're already sending, we've accepted some of those companies and we'll be doing some press releases, but we really want to highlight companies doing great things in terms of family-friendly, in terms of, you know, women's ERGs, employee resource groups, opportunities to develop and advance women, what you're doing on your recruiting strategies. That's really important for all the workplace environment. So that's another thing we're doing. And, and we're also... um really emphasizing and looking at, we have a joint media campaign going that just started a couple of weeks ago, but really trying to help women know opportunities to re, what we call relaunch your careers. So uh, coming back after maybe staying at home full time for a number of years, uh, we're working jointly with tech moms as well, and we have some new curriculum going on on how to relaunch your career that gets specific on LinkedIn and resumes and all kinds of things so those are the the biggest things we're doing. We love this entrepreneurship uh one thousand new women owned businesses and also this one hundred companies champion women. those are our biggest campaigns or efforts or initiatives right now. Mm.
0: Uh, so any other areas, uh, broad areas of, of, of this uh, index that you'd like to uh, highlight here?
1: Yeah, there's two, other, you know, 10 of the 17 were in that first one. So there's two other um kind of buckets or chunks and one is called education and health and there's only three in three of the indicators in that but they're all worth 13 points and uh 13.33 if you want to get technical <laughs> so um the first one is the disparity between men and women on advanced educational attainment. what they're talking about is graduate degrees and so we are 50th of 50 states, and in this area or this bucket in general, we rank last. So, but we're 50th out of 50 and significantly so on when you compare the percentage or the number of men getting graduate degrees to women. We just have significantly less women getting graduate degrees than men. So we have a lot of work in that area. And of course, as you know, Tom, and your listeners know that 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 advance the more education relates to pay. So there's, there's definitely a relationship with the ones we've talked about. So the second in that category is really important as well. And that's the disparity in eighth grade math testing scores. So we're 43rd in the nation. And Tom, what's fascinating about this one, there are countries and there are states that have no gap between boys and girls in their math scores in eighth grade. What that tells us is that it's not biological. We we sometimes say, well, boys are better at math than girls. Actually, they're not. They're about the same. We just learn differently. But in societies, we're messaging. So it's socialization. So we have much stronger socialization and messages, even subtle messages that say that girls are less than. And not as smart in math and and so that's that's a serious one. It impacts college majors, it impacts confidence in those areas. It impacts so many things hmm. so uh, the the last oh go ahead
0: oh I wanted to follow up on on graduate degrees yeah. um, you, you say a gender gap in graduate degrees on undergraduate, I think that we're seeing the opposite, aren't we? Uh, more women enrolled, more women graduating. What, what's well, the, slightly what's the in
1: Utah. Yeah. Oh, in we Utah it's okay. Yeah. yeah, in in the rest of the nation, well, there's a few other states like Utah, but in the rest of the nation, yes, it's significantly more women actually graduating with undergraduate degrees, specifically bachelor's, so that's the the level that we look at than men and that's problematic too. I mean, you need men and women graduating. We don't need women to just get all the degrees. We need men to be educated as well. So in Utah, we used to be significantly below the national average, but we in the last decade, decade and a half, have really caught up in terms of when you say exactly how many men are graduating with bachelors and women, we're slightly above with women, uh, but pretty Close. But when we compare to the nation, because so many states have so many more women, we always get ranked lower. Mm -hmm. But in um, graduate degrees, that's where now we're we're really seeing the disparity between men and women, and we want men to keep getting graduate degrees. We just really would like to have more women um, It impacts other things it impacts opportunities um and contributions in society as well so well, the last the, oh go ahead oh I'm sorry, oh, sorry. i 'm sorry
0: um so what's happening there um, i don't know uh, is it social social factors I guess women yeah. are expected to get married and start having kids at that point? What's happening there?
1: Yeah, I think so. We've had to work for the last couple of decades or more, changing the narrative in people's minds on it is important no matter what you do, if you stay at home and raise kids, to have that bachelor's degree. What I think is happening in the state of Utah is we just really don't talk a lot about graduate degrees and the importance of that. And I know I have had many, many through the last even few years, People, uh, women in graduate programs, anecdotally or, you know, on emails or in person, tell me kind of the the negative reception they're getting from even male peers um, and others that, oh, you don't need a master's degree. Why are you doing that? So there's a lot of socialization that that especially if women are choosing not to work full time, maybe they're working part time and having kids that... Why are you getting a graduate degree? It's, it's not important, um, but it is important. So there's, it's messaging, it's societal things. And I think we've don't, we have not done a lot of talking or messaging in this state or encouragement, even from like high school counselors, for people to think, especially women, beyond the, the bachelor's degree. So changing this is not going to be easy. It's a whole messaging campaign and helping counselors and parents and everybody along the, the road to help women aspire for full education and possibly the, even going into those graduate degrees. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, one more follow-up question before we go into that last uh, area uh, on this report. Uh, I want to follow up on that uh, eighth grade math disparity um, yeah. And, and you mentioned, uh, I guess it's it's a hopeful thing, right? That uh, there are some states where there is no yeah. gap, yeah. Uh, gap in Utah, right? Uh, so what what are those other states doing, or what what you yeah. doing? and there's
1: countries. There's definitely some countries where there's no gap at all. So really looking at many, many things. This seems straightforward, but there's so many kinds of messaging that comes. But just opportunities, one of the things that that does not happen, and and it's happening more in Utah now, is that women, uh, girls don't see women in fields that use math or science or technology or engineering. So so they don't picture themselves being good at math, right, or being good at things those those different careers that may use math so so there's programs like She Tacks out of the women's. Women Tech Council that helps girls and young women see women in those things. Also, just there needs to be more messaging um, and education for parents to understand some of those comments that we make in terms of even the growth and fixed mindset um, and and so forth. Uh, the way that we teach even, there's research on the way that we teach Math and, and oftentimes it's not cut, clear cut, Tom, but oftentimes girls and boys are different in the way their brain catches on to uh, different things. Even the way we do directions. Women tend to, our brains are made a little differently. We do directions in different ways often than men. So some of the research says that actually if you can teach with different what we call pedagogies, um, to girls uh, and and boys, and have it separate. It might even be more effective. Isn't that interesting?
0: Hmm. Yeah, that is interesting, yeah. Uh, so uh, tell us about this last area that you wanted to Well that about, the, the,
1: Real quick, uh, yeah. the, the last one in that second category was the disparity in doctor visit affordability. Mm. Just the worry that men have versus the worry that women have. We were 41st last year. We're 33rd. So that was, there's just a couple we've made progress on, and this is one of them. And this is something that that Intermountain Healthcare, University of Utah, I mean, uh, the big systems are really taking a look at because we don't want women constantly worried about those doctors' visit affordability. And then the last chunk is 20 points. So that last one was 40 points. The first one was 40 points. And this last one is 20 points. And this one's all about women's political empowerment. And so there's four categories, five points each. You know, women in the US Senate in Utah, we have two seats, no women. Next one, women in the U.S. House, we have four seats, no women. Third one, women in the state legislature, we're not the worst on that. Overall in this category, we're ranked um, 42nd. So we actually slightly went up. Sometimes that's influenced by other states doing a little worse, <laughs> Um But we have slightly gone up, even with one or two seats in the state legislature. So we're 37th now, 40th last year. And then the last one are what's called state elected executives. So we have five of those in the state of Utah. And because we have a women lieutenant governor now, She is one of those five, so we've shifted a little bit upward on that. So overall, when you look at women's equality, those three chunks are workplace environment, education and health, and then political empowerment. And, Tom, I just need to say about this last category that I sometimes have people say to me, like, why is that so important? Why do we need women in public office? And I'll tell you, it really does impact so many other things when you have women's voices at the state legislature level, at even down to school boards and and city councils. And and you know mayor levels and those things it changes policy it changes the conversations when men and women in more equitable numbers equal numbers work together.
0: Well, let's take another break. When we come back, I want to follow up on that. Uh, you you've, uh, you've uh, teased that a bit. Uh, women in politics. Uh, I want to I want to go a little more in depth with uh, with that one. Uh, following this break, we're talking with Susan Madsen, who is uh, founding director of Utah Women and Leadership Project. And we'll have more following this break. Thanks for listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. We have with us Susan Madsen, who's uh, founding director of the Utah Women and Leadership Project, We're talking about several of their very interesting, important reports. Uh, by the way, uh, before we jump back into this conversation, I just want to mention uh, to our listeners that I'll be in Moab on October 22nd uh, as a part of the uh, Bringing War Home Roadshow there. We'll be at the uh, USU campus in uh, Moab. And uh, so 10 a.m., I'm inviting you to come and, and uh, join me for a live taping of Access Utah. There will be talking about objects of war. So that's October 22nd. That's a Saturday, 10 a.m. Hope you'll, uh, hope you'll come out to the USU campus. Um, so, Dr. Madsen, you, uh, you, you mentioned uh, women in politics. Uh, you, uh, tell us again the question you get. You, you mentioned that before the break.
1: So so before we go into that, Tom, I'd like to mention one thing, too, regarding getting around the state. So one thing that we have done recently in the last six months is really go to different counties and meet with leaders and community members and have a two-hour discussion and brainstorming session on what people in that county can do to strengthen the impact of Utah girls and women in their organizations. So we have some published, we've done Summit County, Cache County, uh, the Uinta Basin. I'm missing one, Utah County. And then we, I was just down in um, Sevier County. Uh, and we did one there. Anyway, we're producing um, some great documents that really help people in two pages know what could they can do with their own kids or helping to strengthen the impact of Utah girls and women. And we'll be doing one over in Tooele in the next month and a few others. So if listeners are interested in having us come to their counties or cities, we'd be happy to to work with them to to come. So I think all of these conversations Right in different places within the state of Utah are important because Tom, as you know, in different parts of rural Utah versus urban, there's different challenges and different attitudes and and there's work to do on the equality and women women's front for sure, every place,
0: yeah, certainly, certainly true, yeah
1: so so back to your question though on yeah the question that people do give to me I, a number of questions, but, but one time, I, I, I do remember this specifically from years ago, where we were trying to get equal, the numbers of women who'd served in different political positions, and, and my student had to go all the way up to the Capitol to even find, she couldn't find anything, and this older woman said, it doesn't matter, she patted her hand, it doesn't matter if there's women in politics, we just need good people. And so I've said through the years, yes, we need good people, but it absolutely matters that there are women in politics. Uh, The conversations change. And uh, what we know, Tom, is in states with more women legislators, funding is allocated differently than in states with less like Utah. So I talk about this often. So I say to a group, if I'm talking, so what do you think the first thing when you go to states with more women legislators, what do you think is allocated first? Um, and, and everybody gets it. And that's K through 12 education. Typically, states with more women have more allocated funding towards K through 12. Second, you know, elements around healthcare. Uh, Third, social programs, Um, social programs like poverty and homelessness. And I'll highlight one right now that, that I'm doing a lot of leaning into, and that is domestic violence, sexual assault, and then also child sexual abuse. So in the state of Utah, we pretty much give nothing to sexual assault and domestic violence. Let me just be clear. Because uh, the state has just deferred to federal funding. Now, the problem with federal funding is is even during the pandemic, when domestic violence was increased, we had less funding to support the programs. The coalitions around sexual assault, the coalitions around domestic violence, but also the direct providers the shelters and so forth we they had less money because federal funding actually dropped and there is was- little if not no state funding put into those programs so there's very few states that are like us in that and if there's some great work going on and we need a lot of support to get the state to to move in with that so and and really do something on that front of domestic violence sexual assault we're we're above the national average in both of those areas tom and they impact they impact women in the workforce. They impact confidence. They impact safety. They impact a woman's voice. You know, if one in six women, one in three women are sexually assaulted in Utah and one in six are raped and third and 79% of those were before the age of 18, that's a real problem. Those are those these are basic things that of security and safety that we need to take more seriously in this state. I know I'm off on a tangent a little (laughs) bit, Tom, but but my point pulling back to your question, my point is that when we have more equal numbers of men and women working together, men have have such important issues as well, but they don't think and prioritize some of the issues that are more concerning to women and children. And so when women's voices are in there, we tend to have more resources going towards these kinds of things that are so critical moving forward. So men and women, this is going to be a shock to you, Tom, (laughs) but men and women... Are different in many ways. We uh, uh, think yeah. differently. I am we chopped, care yes. about the, yes <laughs> or not, um, and so that that's one of the reasons. I know I've been long-winded on this point, but but one of the reasons that we just have to have both men and women's voices working together in political bodies, whether it's city councils, county councils. Uh, county commissions, the state legislature, the you know top positions in in state executive uh, branches as well.
0: We just have about uh, three or four minutes left, and I definitely want to uh, to to get this in. You and you made reference to this. Uh, you have a 2022 update: sexual assault among Utah women. You cited some of these statistics there. What what else would you like to say about this uh, report?
1: Well, I think it's, it's really important for people to be able to take some time and read the report. Our snapshots are, um, are four to five pages. So they're not that long, but they're packed full of information. And I must say that, that on this one, we had two BYU professors, Dr. Julie Valentine and Leslie Miles, who are experts in this topic, uh, put together this, uh, snapshot. And it's just, so interesting and and shocking in so many ways, but um but what they've done in terms of really really putting Utah on the map to really track I'm trying to remember what they're called. oh, here they are. Um, they actually have collected data on adolescent and adult sexual assault cases from sexual assault medical forensic examinations uh forms in eight counties and really looked at all the details to understand things more um in the state of yotana it, it's uh front of the line kind of of things on the location of sexual assault where it happens um the victims was there drug use alcohol use um, the suspected drug facilitated sexual assault, if people were asleep or awake um, during this, just, you know, during the assault, uh, the, the actions that assailants, uh, you know, act against victims, the relationship they had with victims. So there's some great um, research coming out to help us understand this more. Uh, so it looks at that, but it also gives some important recommendations. And of course, one of them is that we need to give significantly more resources and have significantly more public policies passed um, in terms of sexual assault, in terms of of actually caring for and supporting victims of sexual assault. But our prevention, Tom, this is what's shocking to me, there is little, very little being done in terms of prevention. And if we're just doing the reaction and we don't even have enough to deal with the victims, then then that's sad because we need to take care of our victims, right? But if we don't shift our culture to prevent this these These terrible things are going to continue to happen and that, and it doesn't make Utah a great place to live if we're worried about the security of women and girls and I will say that that boys that men men do experience women and girls in significantly higher numbers, but violence again men men and boys are important to look at as well.
0: Uh, we're uh, just about out of time here, so we'll just, uh, I'll just refer people to your website to learn about uh, uh, how you can bust inflation, right? how you can survive inflation. Yeah. You did a uh, workshop on that. There's much more, of course, there as well, Utah Women in Leadership Project. Uh, what's the best way to get there?
1: UTWomen.org is the best, easiest uh, URL to jump in. And we do have a newsletter that goes out to about 30,000 Utahns every month. And, and you can subscribe on that homepage. Uh, and we have some great resources coming out. One of my favorites, we just launched a four-hour course on relaunching your careers as women. That's going to be so useful. And in the next month, we'll be launching a course, four-hour course, details on imposter syndrome specifically for women and uh, many other resources as well.
0: Well, thank you for sharing some of those, and we'll refer people to uh, utwomen.org, you said? Yes. utwomen.org, Utah Women and Leadership Project, to, to get uh, the rest of that information. Susan Madsen has been with us. She is inaugural Karen Haight Huntsman Endowed Professor of Leadership in the John M. Huntsman School of Business at Utah State University, founding director of Utah Women and Leadership Project. Uh, thank you, Dr. Madsen, for being with us. Appreciate it.
1: Thanks so much, Tom.